Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our Student Influencers Podcast, hosted by Homework Help Global. In this podcast series, we aim to inspire you, whether you are a current student or not, to work towards your goals. We talk to college students who are movers and shakers on campus and elsewhere in their lives as they navigate the challenges of college life. The students we interview have no shortage of wisdom and we look forward to sharing this knowledge with you. On episode four of the podcast, I had the pleasure of interviewing Amber Balkin. She's a third generation race car driver from Winnipeg, Manitoba. In 2016, Amber made Canadian history when she became the first Canadian female to win a NASCAR sanctioned race in the USA. At 25, Amber has successfully utilized her racing platform to be one of motorsports' largest female influencers, inspiring and motivating others to pursue their dreams, break stereotypes, and have a positive impact on society. Welcome to the show, Amber. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. It's been fun partnering with you guys for the last couple months. So, Amber, usually I get started with like some demographic questions or stuff to break the ice, but I just want to talk about your experience with racing to start off, if that's okay. Definitely. I can always talk about racing. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> awesome. So, I read on your website that you used to go to the racetrack when you were in your mother's belly. Um, and I was wondering what it was like to grow up in a racing family. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely different, I guess. But for me, it's all that I knew. I mean, my grandpa raced, and so my mom was at the racetrack since she was a little girl. And she met my dad at the racetrack, and they got married and had me. So um, all my cousins raced, my uncle. It was really just a big family affair of, of race car drivers. So um, it, it's like I said, it's all I knew. And I just knew that I wanted to do it the second that I knew what it was. And, um, you know, my boy cousins did it quite a few years before I did and I begged my dad for years and years to let me race and finally at 10 years old he said all right you can do it but if you race you got to work on the car yourself you got to pay for it all yourself so there's quite a lot of uh, rules to go with it but made it a little harder but really happy that things went the way they did. And so how did you earn the money to pay for it all yourself? <laughs> because I know that's something that's kind of transitioned into your career as well. Definitely yeah um, back then when I was 10 I was racing go-karts on a dirt oval track so um, it wasn't too expensive to do compared to what I'm doing now but um, it was still the same of getting sponsorship so I would ask my dad's friends for a hundred dollars here a hundred dollars there I would um, go to the racing swap meets with my dad and I would sell stickers and um, I actually didn't realize it but I was a little entrepreneur when I was younger so just found different ways to raise money to race because I wanted to do it so bad and um, luckily was able to make it happen you definitely were a little entrepreneur <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I was reading again, um, I don't know if it was on your website or one of your videos, but I think you said something like the best drivers come from dirt track racing. Can you tell me what that means? Yeah, so um, a lot of NASCAR drivers grow up in NASCAR, grow up in the pavement stock car world where I grew up racing dirt and dirt 
the cars drive a lot different and obviously the surface is very different. It's more of a loose gravel feel than a highway drive. So um, you really need to know car control, throttle control. Uh, you really need to know how the car feels underneath you and explain to your crew members what the car is doing so they can make the proper adjustments so that you can be faster in the car. So I think it was a good um, kind of fundamental ground of, of a skill set that allowed me to be where I'm at today. Now in saying that the transition from dirt track racing to racing on pavement was a lot more difficult than I expected. But I do, I am still happy that I started on dirt because I think it gave me um, the skill set needed to do well in, in the pavement world. That's so interesting. It's so outside my realm, but I can totally sort of understand why that would give you a good foundation. It feels like it would give you a good way, um, sense of the car or how to maneuver it. Yeah, definitely. And again, it was still a big adjustment. Um, even still to these days, that I have a little bit of dirt track habits that I need to get rid of. But I think I'm... Like what? Um... I mean, when you're in a dirt car, you throw the car into the corner as hard as you can. It's, uh, oh, really? for lack of a better term, balls to the wall type of racing, where in okay. pavement racing, you need to really learn to kind of hone your, your skill and, and know when to, you know, use more gas, less gas. It's, it's a lot more precise and you need to be so on point. Um, you need to be absolutely perfect every single lap and hit your marks perfectly every single lap. Where with dirt track racing, if you kind of mess up on one corner, you could usually make it up in the next corner. But everything in pavement racing is just you have to be so precise and so perfect um, because everyone else is too. So it's just knowing I know kind of when to push harder and when to kind of throttle back. <laughs> sure. So how do you? How many? How often do you practice then? So unfortunately with racing, um, you need to have a lot of funding behind you in order to practice. It's Racing is different than any other sport in the sense that I can't just go on the field and throw a football or get on the rink and, and you know, huck a puck into a net. It actually costs thousands and thousands of dollars for me to get into a car and practice. Wow. So um, that's where a big part of my my adversity comes from is I don't come from a big financial background my mm -hmm. parents since I was 10 I've had to do it all on my own so um, I've always been behind the eight ball when it comes to seat dime is what we call it in the industry uh, that means actually being in the race car and practicing because I'm up against kids that have the wealthy parents or have the you know wealthy uncle that owns a certain company and and so I've always kind of been behind the eight ball when it comes to experience but I like to my confidence comes from knowing that I do have that natural a bit a talent and ability and I really just need to kind of do what I can with the car when I am in it and that's again a, a big struggle that uh, I have to go through is knowing that I don't have the experience because I don't have the funding so that's that's a one downside of the sport is the fact that we don't get to just practice and it sucks because I love driving race cars. It's so much fun. Um, sometimes I'll just go to the go-kart track, uh, the local do the local go-kart track here in North Carolina just to get some seat time, even though it's definitely can't compare it to a NASCAR. But um, as long as you're driving something, it just kind of keeps you alert and keeps you quick. Right, definitely. And uh, I didn't realize that, that, that you had to pay so much to actually practice. So that is interesting. Do you find that your entrepreneurial skills have come in handy? Absolutely, 100%. Um, 
the biggest difference moving from dirt to pavement wasn't necessarily the car or the track, but the industry as a whole. And it really is more of a business than it is a sport because NASCAR is funded by corporate companies and corporate sponsors. And it's all about how to, how to work business to business relationships, business to consumer relationships, and um, finding all this funding just to be able to get in the car to race. So I always say that I spend about 95% of the time looking for sponsorship to race, 1% of the time racing, and the other 4% eating and sleeping. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I guess uh, going from that, how do you find that you manage your time effectively? Because I know this is something that a lot of students, as you know, this is a student influencers podcast. I know that a lot of busy students have difficulty managing their time. So how do you find, do you find it difficult to manage your time or do you have any tricks that you would recommend? Yeah, it's definitely not easy because like I said, I spend most of my time on the business side of the sport looking for sponsors and uh, it's an, kind of unfortunate because it takes away from me getting to focus as a driver. So of course I'm doing things to better myself as a driver like um, you know, being in the gym, watching video, reading books, um, all the different things that we can do to prepare, uh, but nothing beats being in the car. But I think when it comes to time management, the biggest thing is to be organized. That's something I actually really, really struggled with when I was younger. Um, but now I have my day planner and I just make sure I write all the things I need to get done in that day and make sure that they're checking off. Um, that for me has been a huge help of, uh, you know, when we're kids, we have an agenda and we use that. And then once we graduate, we kind of just go on and live our live our days but it's amazing what just having a agenda or, or notebook or calendar can do for organization I think the more you can plan out your days and plan out your weeks and you know have your goals in mind have your and then prioritize those goals what do I need to get done this week what's the first on the priority list what's the last and and let's tackle it head on I think organization really is key and like I said I, I definitely struggled with it before but the more I'm top on top I am of my organization, the more productive I am. And the thing is when you're more productive, it makes you feel good and you it keeps the ball rolling. When you can, you know, have little victories or little little days of productivity, then and if you can keep rolling at it like a domino effect, then it makes you feel better and you end up being um, a lot more efficient. Absolutely agree with that. Definitely. Um, so kind of in the same realm, um, we talked a little bit about racing, but I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit just to talk a little bit about your experience as a student, because I know that you had a bit of a different experience and I think that your perspective will be, uh, certainly valuable to some of our listeners. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, you know, went through high school. I went, I did a two year college degree at uh, Red River College in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And then um, after I graduated that, I went to get on my four year at the University of Manitoba. Um, I actually dropped out a couple months into the University of Manitoba to pursue my racing fully. But when I was in college, um, I was in for business and the business really taught me a lot. 
um, going now transforming that into my career, just little things as, as term, certain terms that I use, like return on investment, I would have, or ROI, I might not have known that, right. what that meant before. And now when I have these business calls and meetings and I'm meeting with these, you know, executives and um, CEOs, when they're having this business mm-hmm. jargon, I know what they're talking about. I understand what they're saying. So that's really how it my schooling has really helped me in racing, mm-hmm. but school was not easy for me. Um, I actually really struggled in school. I do have ADD, so that was part of it. Okay. Um, it was I have a really hard time focusing of on just one thing and accomplishing that one thing. So that kind of goes back to the organization. Sure. When you're more organized, it it, it really helps. Um, but I think you really just have to transition your mind into how you view learning like it's it's all in perspective like I really enjoy learning I I didn't like school but I enjoyed learning so if you can figure out a way for you to learn that's fun and and makes it easier for you and and you enjoy it more then it makes everything easier I think unfortunately sometimes the school curriculum really focuses on just memorizing what you learned in class and doing well on the test but I think Mm -hmm. I've always said to my friends you know like if I could go back into college now I wish I would have really focused on actually learning um, the content and learning the information rather than just memorizing it sorry understanding it I wish I really took the time to understand what I was learning instead of just memorizing it right and I think that would have helped because I think as kids you know, a lot of times there's certain classes we might not want to take or aren't really interested in. And it you go into class and you're like, oh, this sucks. I don't want to learn this. But if you can understand it more and, and kind of figure out how you could use this in life afterwards, then I think it makes it a little bit more valuable and a little bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I was never good at math because I was like, oh, well, when am I going to use x plus z or y you know but then right if you if you are understand it and apply it to different areas of your life I think it makes it more fun I don't know if that made any sense but <laughs> no it did a hundred percent and I think it's really valuable for you to share that because I think so many students have that struggle and you know especially when you have a diagnosis of ADD that can make it extra challenging to sit in a classroom and absorb information that's just being thrown at you so I think it's definitely a valuable conversation to have around just being able to understand that material Um, but I also think it kind of speaks to the way the curriculum is set up it might not be a fit for every student you know absolutely and I truly believe that every person learns in a different way I personally learn best as being hands-on and actually doing what I'm being taught but some people can learn from just reading a book so it right. it's just you have to figure out what works for you and what you enjoy and I it is unfortunate that the curriculum is in such a box and there isn't a lot of ways but I think that's when you take responsibility yourself as a student to figure out how you can learn the best way you can and maybe that's watching YouTube videos you know I remember when I was in stats, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really understand a lot in the actual classroom. So I'd go and watch YouTube videos after and it would help me understand. So I think you just need to be Mm -hmm. creative in what works for you. Everyone's different. And, um, 
you know, at the end of the day, it, it's our responsibility to, to learn. And when you're in school, you got to take advantage of it. You know, it's, it's where it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's a privilege for us to be able to go to school. And I think Absolutely. if we, if we view ourselves as that, or if we view it that way, then our perspective on it changes. And, um, so yeah, I think, us in general in North America really just need to see that it is a privilege for us to go to school so let's make the most of it even though some days I understand it it's frustrating and you don't want to be there and you don't want to do the work and tests but at the end of the day it's a privilege and knowledge is power and um, just figure out what works for you. No absolutely I love that Um, and I'm wondering about do you have any um I guess, suggestions for people who don't necessarily fit into the box of college or university, like you did your college degree, but then you decided to pursue something that you were passionate about. Do you have any thoughts around that? I think if, I mean, that, that we could go anywhere with that question. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, um, going to Red River College, it was smaller classrooms and more of a hands-on type of learning. I really enjoyed that over the university the big universities where you're in huge lectures and you're, you know, having to type notes quick and and read chapters upon chapters. I personally learn better on more of a hands-on type of thing. I think it's really just figuring out how you learn and what you like and how it can be easier for you. Right. Um, And if school is not for you, then, you know, maybe entrepreneurship is. But then, again, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone either. Entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. I think, lately in social media has been kind of glorified as this, like, fabulous, easy way of making money when the reality is it isn't. It's it's very str- it's very tough. You you struggle for a lot of years. And it it's mentally um, very difficult. It's, like, emo- it's very emotional because there's no stability. There's no... Mm-hmm. Um, it's all you, you got to work. <laughs> and if you don't put in the work, you don't get the results. So uh, I think you just really have to figure out what works best for you as an individual, figure out what you like, what you're good at, maybe what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. Um, and then the different opportunities that you see yourself in. I think it's, again, it's every person is different and you just have to do what works for you. And um, I don't, don't fall into the society of thinking you need to go to university or thinking you need to be an entrepreneur, like do what works for you. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. I agree with you in the sense that entrepreneurship has certainly been, um, it seems to be like a hashtag now that everyone uses. (laughs) Um, But you're right. It's absolutely, it's such a big risk to be an entrepreneur and you're working by yourself a lot of the time. So it's definitely shouldn't be glorified as much as it is, although it, it does have so many benefits as well. It, it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. I, I like that I can wake up every day and choose what I do with the day. I think that is right. such a blessing and, um, you know, it, and everything's on me. I can't put the blame game on anything because if it doesn't get done, it's my fault. <laughs> so right. definitely, definitely teaches you how to be account- accountable. Um, but again, it's not for everyone. You need to do what's best for you. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Um, So now if we could switch back to the racing, I'd like to hear about one of your favorite memories during your racing career. 
Oh, uh, most of my favorite memories, honestly, were back in dirt track racing because when I raced dirt track, oh, really? yeah, because when I raced dirt track, um, I just raced for fun. You know, I, d- I right. really didn't ever believe I could make a career out of racing. Um, it wasn't until I kind of had my aha moment of saying, you know what, I really can't see myself doing anything else. So I'm going to try to make this a career that I did turn it into my career and it, nothing happened overnight. I'm still not where I want to be, um, but I keep pushing towards it every single day um and that's that's kind of the entrepreneurship way is you know it's Mm -hmm. you go through your ups and downs and some years are good and some years are bad but you keep pushing through it but uh to answer your question uh some of the best memories um honestly I think it would be in the go-kart days me and my dad would drive to Grand Forks North Dakota in a pickup truck and the go-kart in the back and um just the simple the simple memories, you know, of one time I raced my sprint car and that was on dirt and I accidentally didn't, I, I, I wrecked, I flipped really bad a couple of weeks before. So I had to put a new wing together and I used the wrong rivets in the wing. Wow. And so when I was racing, the wing collapsed and earlier I kind of had a discussion with my dad saying no let me do it and he's like no because you're not going to do it right well he ended up being right but I still won the race so that was one of my with (laughs) a collapsed wing so I thought that was um that's one of my favorite memories is just it was really funny but um uh I've always had to go through a lot of different kinds of adversity um Uh, yeah yeah, just being, you know, being a female in a very male-dominated sport, um, mm-hmm. that I there's a lot of challenges with that at a very young age, uh, being, you know, treated a little differently and stuff. But um, now my biggest adversity is the the financial aspect of it. So, um, bef- like I said before, it was more of a for fun thing, and and now it's my career, so I I ha- definitely have to take it a lot more seriously. Mm-hmm. And so, do you find that? With, uh, you know, we were kind of critiquing the social media um, component, but do you find social media is a beneficial tool for you in terms of uh, garnering funding? 100%, absolutely. And being a Canadian as well in a very American-dominated sport, um, when I was even racing on dirt track, I had to figure out how to get the eyes of the people in the States on me being in Canada, winning in Canada. How do I, how do I get them, the people in California, North Carolina to know that I'm winning mm-hmm. all the way in Canada? So, um, I started on YouTube, started making YouTube videos, I actually did a little okay. bit of like reporting, um, just to get my name out there and wow. really utilize, I, I think Facebook was a lot bigger when I first started and then Instagram mm-hmm. kind of came later. But uh, really just utilize every aspect of social media to help get my name out there and have just tried to put more effort into it and work harder at it as I've gotten older and as uh, the social media lines have gotten bigger as well. So um, it also opened has opened up so many different opportunities with me. I've for me, I've gotten to be a part of some really cool TV shows and um, it's it's all about creating a brand and luckily social media has allowed me to create that brand and, and share it with different people. So how would you describe your brand? My brand is, well, my mission is to help empower and inspire other people to reach their full potential. Um, obviously, as a female in a male-dominated sport, I'm more so directed to other females to, you know, be their best selves and be confident in themselves and never give up and um, just the power of persistence and, and positive thinking. But, you know, the other side of me was still wants to 
empower men as well because it doesn't matter if you're a football player, a race car driver, a doctor. Um, I really just believe in giving everything your all and never giving up and everyone's going to go through trials and tribulations and adversity um, and have a lot of obstacles. But if you keep powering through, then the opportunities are endless and you can achieve anything you want. So how I, I do think you must have such a major influence on young people and especially on young women. And so how does that make you feel to know that you're having an impact in that way? Honestly, most days, that is the reason why I don't give up is because I feel like I have a responsibility to these um, younger generation to show them that anything is possible. You know, I'm considered the underdog in my sport because I don't come from money and it's very, very, very difficult to make it in NASCAR if if you don't come from money. So wow. the odds are very much stacked against me. And I think I just want to prove to people that um, not prove, but show people that you don't need to have all the tools in the toolbox to be able to create the life that you want. You know, you you have you have to learn how to be resourceful. You have to learn how to be creative. You know, there's you you just because you weren't born into you know money or it doesn't mean you can't to be successful or just you know a lot of people make excuses like oh well he his dad gave him his business so that's why he's successful but I will never do that because I didn't grow into that well it's like no that's not how it is if you work hard enough you can have that too and I just want to show people that you can come from the bottom and get to the top <laughs> you know as as our as our uh, fellow Drake, Canadian Cana- Drake. yeah fellow <laughs> Canadian Drake says start from the bottom now we're here and like I, <laughs> I just want to show people that anything is possible and if you work hard and are determined and persistent and focused and driven that it is possible to live the life of your dreams and the life that you want it's amazing that is so valuable these days I just find so many young people they don't have um, it's difficult. It can be difficult, like you say, especially when you're in a situation of adversity or you don't come from privilege. It can be difficult, but that that attitude is very inspiring. Well, thank you. I just, I really want people to know that they can create the lives that they want and just to have faith in themselves and work, just work hard. <laughs> and so I, I have to mention, I mentioned this in the introduction a little bit. So you were the first Canadian female to win a NASCAR sanctioned race in the USA. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, so um, I transitioned from dirt to pavement, uh, I think it was ooh, 2016, I think. 20, yeah, 2016. Um, so how that transitioned was the NASCAR diversity program actually reached out to me and asked if I would ever be interested in NASCAR and at that time I didn't think NASCAR would ever be a possibility for me just coming from Canada having a racing background just all all the odds seemed to be like wait really like this could be something I could do wow um but it once they planted that seed in my head it is not never never gotten out so um in 2016 was my first full year in a pavement car stock body stock car Mm -hmm. um like full body stock car sorry and um I raced in Virginia on almost weekly basis and I had well I raced 12 races I had 10 top fives seven top threes and then I won uh towards the end of the year so it was my rookie year and to make that um accomplishment was one that I tried to do all year and I was really happy that I was able to 
do that. But you know, that was a couple of years ago now. So for me, it's it, it's great to accomplish things, but I'm always thinking, what's next? What can right. I do next? Right. That's definitely an entrepreneurial way of thinking, I think. <laughs> And a goal-oriented person, of course. Definitely. Yeah, I always set goals for myself and, you know, do everything I can to achieve them. And that was a great achievement. But um, there's a lot more that I want to achieve. I've only scraped the surface. Oh, that's amazing. I can't wait to see what else you achieve. I just feel like you have so much to give to the world. It's amazing. Um, So I was also reading about something really exciting, which is your new show, Racing Wives, on CMT. And has that aired yet? It has not aired yet. Um, it should air at probably the end of summer. We don't have an official air date yet. We were just doing a little bit more filming to um, just add a little bit more to the show. Uh, the title is Racing Wives, but I'm not married. And I, I, I'm dating a Canadian football player. I'm not dating a race car driver. <laughs> so um, I actually am the only non-wife on the show. Uh, all the other cast members are wives of the NASCAR Cup Series drivers, um, very, very well-respected and well-known uh, NASCAR drivers. And one of the, the wives' husbands is actually who I race for now. Um, so that was kind of my connection to the show. So Samantha Bush is Kyle Bush's wife, and she introduced me to Kyle and has helped me get a ride with Kyle Busch Motorsports. So I race for Kyle Busch Motorsports now, and the show follows kind of the journey of me finding sponsorship and the struggles of my long-distance relationship because my boyfriend does play uh, in Canada and um, just kind of how I am moving up the ranks of NASCAR, the struggles of sponsorship, racing for KBM, and um, figuring my place in this wor- in this NASCAR world because it's uh, pretty crazy for you know a Winnipeg girl to to be out here in Charlotte North Carolina um, trying to trying to find my way <laughs> yeah and um, I love that you are like the only one that's not you know not married and uh, you're not a, a racing wife wife per se you are just the woman doing it on your own and figuring it out it's awesome Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. definitely different. And uh, like I said, still kind of trying to find my place, but um, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really great to be out here following my dreams. And, um, you know, something my boyfriend and I said when we first started dating was we never wanted to let the relationship get in the way of pursuing our dreams. So um, he supports me full heartedly with my racing and I support him full heartedly with his football and it allows us to go both chase our dreams and accomplish our goal as well still supporting and loving each other oh that's so nice that's really nice um so again to switch gears a little bit if you could go back and talk to your 15 year old self what would you say oh that's a hard one <laughs> I know, that's always, that's always yeah. a big question yeah I would say um have more confidence in yourself believe in yourself mm-hmm. Um, the tough times always pass and you're much more stronger and capable than you would ever believe. Oh, that's nice. I feel like everyone gives themselves a hard time, especially I think young women when they're 15. So, oh, being a, being a female teenager Mm -hmm. is not an easy thing at all. And, um, the one thing I'm so grateful for, 
for racing is how much it's changed me and how much it's taught me um more so as a character it's really built my character and built the woman that I am today and even though at times it's been extremely difficult um it's I wouldn't change any of it because it's made me to the person that I am today oh that's amazing and so we're towards the end of the interview, Amber. Um, so to finish off the interview, um, I was wondering if you could give some advice to, we kind of already discussed this, but some final advice to students entering college or university or choosing to pursue a new dream like mm-hmm. entrepreneurship or something like you you went for your dream. For sure. I think it's really important to follow your passion and as cheesy that sounds, you know, this is something you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. So you need to somewhat enjoy it and don't fall into the pressures of anyone else. You know, parents will tell you what to do. Friends will tell you what to do. And you just need to do what's best for yourself. And if you don't listen to yourself and are and are authentic and um, believe in yourself, then it's going to be a lot tougher. And, it, you know, it, it might it might be having a fight with your parents saying that, no, I don't want to do this. This is what I want to do. But you need to do what's best for you um, because the better you are for yourself, the better you can be for other people. And I think that's just so important. Um, I went into racing because it's what I truly believed I was meant to do. And even though at first I went into college because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. That's what people did. But um, then I realized like that that wasn't for me and I need to switch up and that's okay if, if you change careers a couple of times that's totally fine too um, you just need to do what's what's best for you absolutely and I think switching careers is more common than not I would say these days um, absolutely mm-hmm. so that's that those are all the questions I have did you have anything else you wanted to end off with Um, I think I would just like to really open myself to all the listeners and say if you have any questions at all for me about school, about racing, about following your dreams, um, anything, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I always check my DMs. You can DM me at any time. Um, Part of why I love racing so much is because it's given me this platform to be able to speak to other people and um, help other people. So I'm always willing to help. So please reach out to me if you ever have any questions, even if you're just having a bad day and you need a pep talk, reach out to me. Oh, that's so nice of you. So how, how can people reach you? So my Instagram is at AmberBalkan10. It's A-M-B-E-R-B-A-L-C-A-E-N 10. Um, that's my Twitter as well. I'm on Facebook at AmberBalkanRacing. And yeah, I check all of those. So <laughs> awesome. That's perfect. And we'll put your all your information um, at the bottom of the uh, the podcast as well. So that's so nice of you, Amber. Thank you so much. I'm sure so many people will benefit from connecting from, with you. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really happy that you've introduced me to this um, new community. And I hope I can help in any way I can. Oh, we're so thrilled to have had you. And I am just, I'm so excited to see where you go in the future. Because I can just tell there's so many big things in store for you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us again. Take care, Amber. You too. Thank you. Okay, so that's it for me this week, guys. As always, if you have any questions, hit us up on our social media platforms using the hashtag AskHHG. Share your comments with us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Find us by searching Homework Help Global. 